Hi everyone, this is Maxine Ryan with Prosper Podcast and today's guest is Godman, the artist behind the wildly popular NFT collection, Heaven Computer. While Heaven Computer is obviously very successful, I really think that it's Godman's story as a solo developer from Brazil with a passion for art on the internet that is nothing short of amazing. So Godman, welcome to Prosper Podcast. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me here. No worries. How are you feeling? Like, I know that, um, you know, from some other podcasts that I've listened to you on, um, the success of of Heaven Computer was really unexpected, right? Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, I hoped for it, but I didn't, I wouldn't bet on it. So yes, it's unexpected. <laughs> I guess like you just sent a link to a friend. Did you know that that friend was going to end up like sharing this like wildfire? <laughs> well, I know this friend collected NFTs and I knew that he was in some groups. I did not think people would pay much attention to it, to be honest, because I do know that they there's like a new project every day, like thousands of projects every day. So I thought mine would just fade into the background. Um, but I don't know, it kind of stood out, at least on the mint day, it was very, it was huge and sold out pretty quickly. And to this day, people still kind of talk about it. And it's been several weeks, which is like a lifetime in the NFT world. So. Yeah, I feel like so many people on the community side are like so enthusiastic and I don't think that there's many NFT, like NFTs out there that can kind of sustain that passion. Um, but did you have like a moment where you're like, oh my gosh, like this is so much bigger than what I thought it was going to be? Yeah, well... Well, first, I think first when my friends started like sharing the link, I hadn't yet deployed, but a lot of people were very interest, interested because of the website. So that already started, you know, creating something in me. I'm like, oh, my God, this feels like people are already following me on Twitter and everything. So that already created something. But I don't th I think it didn't hit me until I looked at my wallet and I saw all this coins and I realized I wasn't on Rinkby anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess it's like um there's like the hype and then there's the realization. And I guess the realization comes through when all something is tangible. And I guess in our world, like for some reason the success of something is like really tied with I guess, like the coins, right? Um, mm -hmm. But I know that you were actually making this project probably about 18 months ago. Um, did you kind of already see that this like huge interest in NFTs were going to happen? Or did you just kind of stumble across it and go, hey, this is something that would be cool to do? Well, I, I think at the time, CryptoKitties was already selling for a lot of money. So there was... It wasn't so hard to predict that there would be potential there. It was before, I think, the the first boom, I think. There was a few in the past, like since the 2020, there was one, and I think that kind of died down a bit, but then it became popular. I don't know, it goes in cycles, apparently. But I kind of knew the potential before that, especially when I fully understood 
the way this technology could be used when I understood the, uh, for example, how it could attribute royalties to artists and could solve problems of artists never being um, fairly rewarded for their work and other problems. So I thought for a lot of reasons that there was a lot of potential there. I didn't think it would become this, it's insane the way it is because, um, you know, with these collections and everything, and I didn't think you would, even in my wildest predictions, I didn't think you would become something like this, but I did see a lot of potential in it. So that's why 18 years ago or more, I decided to, you know, use that for my art. Yeah. I mean, I think your story is really unique because your background is a developer, yet you obviously are an artist. And did your, like, I'm trying to, I guess, understand a bit more about your personal journey. And were you an artist first and then you got interested in becoming like an engineer or were you kind of fundamentally an engineer and then became an artist? Um, I don't, I think I've always been an artist and I've always been an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Where did I come first? I'm trying to think back. And even when I think back as like a child, I remember doing both. Um, even before I started doing computers, I already had a little bit of interest with robotics and mechatronics and doing um, weird uh, toys with it. <laughs> um, and then when I was when I was a bit older, I got my first computer and I used. So I think someone asked me on an AMA the other day if I would rather be a developer or an artist, and I didn't know what to say because to me, being a developer is my tool to being an artist. So, and my answer to that was, it's like asking an artist who is a painter, would you rather hold a brush or be an artist? Because to me, that's my tool for art. So um, yeah. yeah, it kind of started simultaneously. My need to make digital art and techish art propelled me to be, want to become a developer slash artist. Sorry. Did you? No, I mean, there's nothing to apologize, but I guess it's like, um, no, no, the more digression, the better. <laughs> but yeah, I guess it's like when I first came across Heaven Computer and I checked it out, obviously I went onto the website and I didn't experience the minting um, that I think a lot of the community has. But something that I did see that was like really perfectly aligned was your ability to balance kind of like something quite technical with something quite artistic. And like, obviously this is the future and is already happening with like, we have the like merge between art and I guess computers. And like, that was always kind of going to be the plan but you've somehow like synced the two into a real like elegance that I think a lot of people are missing. Um, so, you know, what would you describe the style of Heaven Computer? When I'm on there, it reminds me a lot of like Windows. Um, there's this like tech nostalgia that I think people are really in love with. And I just wonder how you brought together all those components and even like went even further 
by adding storytelling. Can you go a little bit into how you originated like these types of ideas and how you ended up stitching them together? When you grow up surrounded by computers, when you grow up on the internet, as I say, um, you, you become attached to your first computer, like your childhood home, I guess, in a way. And I wanted to, I missed my childhood home, I guess, because I was using all this modern tech and using all this modern design. And there was something lifeless and very sterile about everything that I was doing. And I wanted to go back to doing websites and and tech and just developing random bits of tech for not for functionality or utility, but for looking nice, for portraying an emotion, for creating an experience. And, and that's when I, I got this idea, said I'm gonna recreate my quote unquote childhood home. And yeah, and then I, I thought, yeah, to create this, Windows OS would be something that would be very nostalgic, not just for myself, but for other people who had shared this experience. And also the websites, they are very reminiscent of the ones that were around at the time with the tiled background and, yeah. you know, sp sparkles and gifts everywhere. And yeah, I would hope that people coming there would feel like coming back home after a long time away and but to a to a nostalgic like dreamy home not the one we remember because windows was not as nice as we remember um at, back then <laughs> it was very <laughs> slow very buggy but you know in, within the nostalgia everything just feels just yeah we're dreamy so and that's what i wanted to uh, capture with this website. Did you feel like adding the component of the ghosts were like a part of that nostalgia, like almost like you're walking back into the past or because it's like before I like spoke to you, I obviously was like looking through the project and I was like, okay, like why the ghosts? And I had two thoughts about it. The first one was about the sense of like a ghost from the past, like walking to the past, being like reminiscence mm -hmm. of that stuff. And then another idea that I had was about how, you know, this is like 3D generated from a, a wallet transaction. And maybe like the form just looks like a ghost and like that story was kind of ran with. Um, was it kind of a bit more intentional or was it like a part of the construct of the technology, do you think? I think, well, if you if you look on the on the website, I write this whole text. Well, it's not even that interesting. I kind of wrote it in a hurry because I just wanted to write something. But I stitched something together about ghost technology because that's something I'm very interested in. And especially in the Victorian era, they created a lot of this weird tech to capture ghosts. And a lot of it had to do with just random coincidences that would occur in these machines that they would create. And they would say, oh my God, that was a ghost. Like, oh, the light flickered, must have been a ghost. Or, in, um, you know, 
Uh, so when I heard about generative art on the blockchain, I thought, okay, that could be some interesting ghost technology because it's full of chances and randomness. And yeah, and that's also the 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 first thing you 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 observed, which is the ghost from the past, could be also a thing. Um, it's all of it's all of this, right? It's all of it's not just one thing that gave me the idea of a ghost. It just felt like it all came together with you know the things from the past and the, the technology and the randomness. I thought having a ghost and a ghost in the machine thing would be interesting for a heaven computer or a computer from the past and yeah that's so cool and um i was talking to some people in the community and they were like really curious about the auto generated auto generated tarot stories um are you are you into like astrology and tarot and all this type of stuff yourself not Personally, I don't believe in it, to be very honest with you, but I am into it. I'm very interested in it. I study religions. Um, I grew up in two different conflicting religions. Um, so I've, uh, I've suffered religious intolerance <laughs> from one of the religions that I was brought up in uh, from the uh, I don't, it was uh, it was a weird religious upbringing. I don't want to get into too much detail, but it did make me very critical, but also very curious of religious religions and just any spiritualities and yeah, things like tarot and um, other forms of divination. They call it. They were always very intriguing to me. Yeah, I thought it would be fun to create something like that where people could see this text that is and this image that is generally uh, randomly generated and make it um, abstract enough, but also specific enough that people can draw meaning from it. And a lot of people have come to me and reported that they've, oh, that's, I got this token and it's my mom's birthday and mm. it just matches who she, who she was as a person. And then this other person it was like, oh, this number was special to this person. And this ghost reminds me of this person or this ghost reminds me of myself last year. Um, yeah, I don't know. So people draw meanings from it. And I think the text, the generative text was also an a cool thing to add because people look at it and they like there's these bits of I don't know fortune cookie wisdom in there <laughs> that I don't know maybe some people will like just look at it and be like whatever it's cute but uh, maybe other people will find something you know they can draw, draw some wisdom from <laughs> yeah. yeah it's um I think that like this collection just from the way that you're speaking feels it feels like a piece of yourself, you know, because every element, while it's seemingly like it looks like effortless from you putting it together, I feel like there's just so many components of like your heart in this, like everything from nostalgia from your past home, like conflict, be living in a household or, uh, you know, with confliction, uh, 
conflicting religions and this type of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, was this like cathartic in a way for you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is very personal to me. And it was created during a time when I wasn't happy at all. And maybe a lot of these messages, I'm not even writing for other people. Maybe I was writing for myself. So yeah, I don't know. It was very cathartic Mm. and very, and yeah. And so the, the end result is that this thing that lived only in my head before, only in my, you know, late nights, lonely late nights where I thought I was driving myself crazy thinking about <laughs> ghosts. <laughs> and to see that actually being brought to life and other people feeling the same that I was feeling. And yeah, it's it's very cathartic. That's a good way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um I think that the NFT space just moves so quickly and I think that it's kind of propelled artists to almost think like a capitalist and not an artist. And what I mean by that is, you know, much like there's a lot of other artists such as yourself. That's like, wow, this is a way um, for like, you know, artists to be paid. Like there's so many beautiful elements of that, but because there's so much more accessibility through like, like even just the payments and the way that art can pass through hands now, I feel like there's a demand on the artists to look within Mm -hmm. themselves for that capitalist and to like think about things like scaling and things like that. And, you know, I know that um, from reading, I I forgot what it was, but there was a point where you had to think about scaling because the website crashed, right? Like your servers were not able to handle the minting (laughs) that was happening. Um, I mean, do you feel a, a conflict between, um, I guess, I don't want to say like the machine because like the machine is full of a lot of positive things that like, you know, people are loving what you're doing, but there is like this demand that's happening and there is a market that's occurring. Like, do you as an artist feel that like fast paced art is like a little painful in a way? Yeah. And well, because exactly of what we discussed earlier, that this project is very personal to me, when I see it constantly being given a value, a number, I feel like this number is directly correlated to my own worth as a person. And I know it's not a healthy way of thinking and I know it's not true, but every time people obsess about the floor dropping, I feel that it's my own failure as an individual for not being able to sustain it. And there are actual people that come into the Discord server and rant and complain and say, Gottman, why are you not tweeting at Obama to raise the floor? Why are you not doing anything? (laughs) No, that was so ridiculous. That's so ridiculous. That was really suggested, tweet at Obama to increase the floor, right? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, and yeah, and so sometimes I wake up and I'm drinking my morning coffee and I go on my Discord and I just want to say hi to people. And they are, oh my God, the floor has dropped. And I'm like, oh, how come the floor dropped? I just gave an interview last night. Was I not good enough? Was I not charismatic enough? 
was I too awkward? Probably, I don't know. But, but this constant obsession for money on something that is so personal does make me uncomfortable. And I do, before there was no one else pressuring me, there was just me. And so I was able to dictate as much time as I would want to for something because I could, um, I, I, so if I wanted to spend one week working on a calculator, I could, because it's my own time, it's my own project. But now I feel like it's a lot of other people's project and there's mm-hmm. a lot of other people with expectations. And because this is so fast paced, I feel like people want me to put out con- content as soon as possible. And I do feel it. I do feel the pressure a bit. And they want me to put more effort into promoting, into creating new features. And I understand that a lot of people do it because they just enjoy the project. They don't want to see more of it. But I do think a great portion do, does it because they just want it to be more valuable so they can sell it. And yeah, and, and that's something that kind of, yeah, it, it it doesn't it doesn't feel so good to me a lot of the time but it's part of the game and it's a game that I've benefited a lot from it would be hypocritical not to acknowledge that so I guess in a way it is what it is the cookie crumbles <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean um I mean I feel as though um you know, if we if we look back at like why NFTs even exist in the first place, it's largely because of like, you know, cryptocurrency from like 2009 with Bitcoin being created. And I feel like those are actually very like masculine toned technology. And mm-hmm. now that that technology is able to, I think, almost be in like the feminine realm of creativity and like free flow and things like that, there's like this conflict, I think, between like almost like the masculine and feminine world. And I don't mean that in terms of our gender. I mean that in terms of like the spirit <laughs> within the people. That attributed to these genders. I know what you mean. Yeah. It's like, it's an energetic thing. And um, mm-hmm. I think that um, if something has more feminine energy and there are more women that are attracted to feminine energy and we become creators in this type of space, um, we are like, we do get conflicted with like, okay, like I have to look into the masculine energy side of me. And sometimes that can feel very like cold and directive and hard to manage and balance. Um, But like, I, I like, I get what you're saying is that like, you know, this was a personal project that was very meaningful for you. Like it was, it's self, a form of extreme self um, reflection and expression. And now so many people are involved to the point where I guess, I guess, do you feel responsible? Um, do you have a sense? Like you're kind of like the mother of the ghosts <laughs> and now the yeah. ghosts have like owners. You know? <laughs> I do. It's, yeah, exactly. I do feel like people have expectations. And so I'll, a lot of people also tell me like it's okay you don't you don't owe anything to anybody just do things at your own pace but at the same time i have i know i understand also people's expectations and it is 
a great responsibility because, for example, people are very ex excited. Like, I know some people who love these ghosts, like, a lot. <laughs> so most people just have owned them, whatever. But a lot of people actually really, really enjoy them and would love to see them in VR, for example. And so um, I could just easily, like, um, not not do it, of course. I'm not obliged to anything. But at the same time, I would be letting down the people who who supported me the most, who understood the project the most, who 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 shared the experience with me the most. And so, yes, I do have this responsibility, not just because of expectations, but because I don't want to let these people down. And also, I do. I want to see it all come to life. So it's a responsibility that I'm ready to, to take on. And I made all adjustments in my personal life and professional life and everything. So I can dedicate more time to it and bring yeah. the ghosts and raise these ghosts. Right. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, I think I'm really into like determinism. And I think that like life is kind of all all expansive and already pre-planned and it's up for us as like humans in this world or creators in this world to come to terms with the path that's in front of us even though it's scary or delightful and all this type of thing and I feel like you are at a point of which you're coming to terms with your like life story which has taken this huge turn and I think probably for the better but there's a lot of maybe internal conflicts at times um do you still, you mentioned that like a lot of the art that you created was like a form of self-expression. And I've always felt that like, at least personally, my best work comes from my pain. <laughs> like I'm not an artist, but like my best stuff always comes when I'm like the saddest I've ever been in my life. Um, mm -hmm. Do you, I'm guessing you're kind of like a little further through the dark times. Do you feel like you can also create the same amount of art from the good times, let's say. I, it's like just more of like a thought experiment because, yeah. yeah. That is a good question <laughs> because you you are right. Like, honestly, I do feel kind of more motivated to work when I'm not so in a Happy. great state of mind. <laughs> I say, I jokingly say that I am driven by love but fueled by hate because <laughs> like I need like it's when I'm angry like I'm I get I get up in the morning when I'm angry and I say like I'm gonna show you and I work 23 hours a day <laughs> when I'm angry like or when I'm sad or when I'm but when I'm I am now entering a more comfortable time in my life um, of, of, I've never had such at least financial comfort in my life and I don't feel completely happy to be honest so I do still feel kind of motivated to work but I do wonder if I feel a little bit less because I'm not so lonely and depressed anymore yeah. um, there's people talking to me and there's people praising me which is really odd but it's really hard to stay depressed and people actually like what you're doing. So, I mean, not that I'm trying, but <laughs> yeah. it is. But like you said, these negative feelings, as bad as they are to experience, they do 
drive, they do fuel my art and I just have to see what it's going to be now that I'm not so mopey and sad anymore. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, I feel like, like, I think in the past and maybe the same for you, it's like you're filled with just so much like negative emotion that you have to get it out of your body somehow. <laughs> and mm. like, I'm also in the same position right now. Where it's like, I'm actually pretty happy. And like the birds are chirping and like, you know, financially things are good. And like, I have people that I love in my life. And um, I, I'm like trying, like my biggest challenge right now is trying to like derive the like inspiration from happiness. <laughs> It's like, yeah, so it's that's, different. So that's a new challenge, right? Because you can mm. also create something from, I think there can be art and, you know, drive for work. Um, you're not an artist, but I, I do think it's it all comes down to being motivated to do something, right? And yeah, it is, there is potential for it in positivity and optimism. It's just something I wouldn't know how to explore because I haven't had that for too long in my life, I guess. <laughs> but, well, let's see. I don't know. I am seeking to be better and to feel better every day. And so I hope that this kind of thought, this fear that I will lose this artsy side of me won't trap me into this dark place. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. I think what would be I really... I interrupted you, but... Um, no, sorry, this is your floor, babe. <laughs> you, you but I, I actually enjoyed your, your, your little bits of sharing of yourself <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, you know, I think that, uh, like, I've been speaking with other artists that, like, have kind of, I want to say, have, like, followed in your footsteps a little bit, um, where, like, you know, it was like an innocent form of self-expression and like now it's, it's, there's momentum behind it. And um, I think that because you've kind of been through a lot of the, the waves and the folds, um, do you want to go into a little bit about like the ideas behind scaling? Do you like, what am I trying to say? It's like, yeah, like you created, you put things on like OpenSea and all this type of stuff, but were there more technical aspects of your work that you would have done differently a second time around? In regards to scaling, as in the reach it got, if I had known how big it would get, if I would have done something technically differently, is that what you're asking? Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely the server. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> um, you know it's a it's a 3D project, and there is video encoding and processing, and so it's not just holding the server for the access. It's also holding a server for all of these 3D engines that are gonna be running, all of these video encodings that are gonna be running. So it was something that required a very, very robust and sturdy um, server, which I uh, 
not only did I not have so much experience to create one, which I now I think I have a little better idea because I did a lot of research, but I also didn't anticipate that I would need. So I was like, I'm going to go for a lower bandwidth. I'm going to go with the lower settings because I was expecting, I don't know, maximum. And in my tests, I did test with a lot of people, but my idea of a lot of people minting at once was 20. And I think at some point there must have been thousands of people on my website. <laughs> so my math was a bit off. My calculation was a bit off. So in retrospect, I would have just, you know, jacked those servers up and just, you know, when in doubt, just get the highest, the better. I don't know, especially when dealing with something like 3D and 3D rendering and and video encoding. So that's the learning from it. That's the lesson learned. Yeah, were you, um, you know, I know that you take things like quite personally and I wonder if like your heart must have dropped when the servers <laughs> were not um, yeah. doing what you wanted them to do, but. It was a few days of not sleeping, not eating, not showering. Sorry for the TMI, but I feel like I was panicking because, first of all, I didn't even know what a rug pull was, and suddenly I'm being accused of that. And, and I didn't want people to think I was trying to scam everyone, so I was it was a matter of defending my honor, and yeah. Yeah, I did take it very personally. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's interesting because I think like the NFT space has like convergence between like people who love art, collectors, like crypto traders and all this type of stuff. And like having all those components put into one is like a lot of like people yelling at you um, and a lot of people yelling at you for different reasons. So it's like, yeah. I think from a person who is like, you know, really into it for the art, their mind wouldn't automatically go to like, oh, this is a rug pull. They'd be like, oh, the servers are down. But when you start talking to like crypto people that are really in it, I guess, to invest and like flip and all that type of like materialistic stuff, their instant thought is like, oh my gosh, I've been rug pulled. And I guess it's like, how have you been experiencing, like, I guess the different types of people in this space? Um, would you say that the majority of your interactions have been like mostly crypto people or like what's, who are most attracted to your project, would you say, if you had to put them into an archetype, even so, though we're all I unique and beautiful? Say, <laughs> yeah, I would say the demographic kind of changed since the mint. I think my website was probably sent out to a group of people who see nfts as the financial investment and so in the very beginning there was a lot of these people who were just obsessed about the value and how much how many they can buy and how much they can flip it for and some people were like, oh, it's been 48 hours. Why hasn't it revealed yet? The hype's gonna die down. I won't be able to resell it. And, but the longer I took to reveal the images, the more these people were getting weeded out of the project. And so right now, 
there's a lot more people who are just in it for, you know, the good vibes, the community, the memes, the ghosts, <laughs> whatever they like. And But in the very beginning, yes, there was a lot of these people because that's what happens. They go and they go in like hordes and like swarms of people just buying uh, projects for the pump and dump value and I think um, initially a lot of these people were attracted to my project but yeah I'm very thankful that slowly they got weeded out and now yeah it's mostly people who just enjoy the the atmosphere yeah um I mean obviously like you've made some life changes you said and I'm only assuming that's probably around like working on Heaven Computer and like your next project full time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, you've like mentioned a few times that rarity tools and like all these types of things, like you don't like it for, you know, lots of various reasons. Do you think that you'll probably code your next project in a way that removes the ability to almost like objectively view your art? Um, and obviously people will buy it and sell it, but you know, would you remove maybe the trait values in your next project or what's the way that you would kind of navigate that second time around? Um, yeah, so just a minor correction on what you said, because you said, I don't like rarity tools, but that's not true. The reason why I didn't have any rarity tools for my project was because I forgot I didn't know it existed <laughs> I did I, I, so I, I like to say that because I didn't do that uh, a lot of people say oh it's so cool what, what she's doing she's no roadmaps no rarity tools just go with the flow I like that and I'm not doing that as a statement I said I said that when I did my research into NFTs I did I dug a lot into smart contracts I learned solidity a lot I looked into other generative projects, but I did not look into the community, the marketing and the economic aspects of it. So I completely neglected the existence of a roadmap or rarity. And it wasn't until people started demanding it from me that I realized they are very important for people. It's almost as if they cannot navigate the project. It's as if they don't know what to think of something unless there is a number that tells maybe, them. Yeah, or maybe what to what think. feel. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so I don't do that for a statement. I do. I did that because I forgot. I like that people <laughs> find it refreshing. Wasn't my intention, but. <laughs> and so in regards to the next project, um, I'm still not convinced that rarity tools are that necessary to be honest uh, I like the attributes because people then can select their favorite colors or their favorite just attributes in general right but not to to say that one should be more valuable than the other mm. and so I'm not convinced I'm not sold on the idea of rarity yet so if you expect not you personally but people in general expect that from my next project then um I can promise that however I did I do think there is some value to a roadmap but 
yeah, maybe a more like go with the flow kind of roadmap. And that's maybe something I could do because I realized that there's so many cool projects that are selling NFTs that are not just NFTs that are access to a whole world, like gaming and uh, yeah, so many possibilities. And I think that's something I would like to do. And for that, maybe a roadmap could be useful. Yeah, yeah it's, um, that was actually what I was going to ask you next was like, right now, the ghosts are, they're in the container of the heaven computer. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, your idea of a roadmap is essentially the roadmap to maybe apply utility to the ghost somehow. So are you kind of like really intrigued by maybe how the ghost can take a more 3D form like in the metaverse and like these types of ideas? Yeah, that seems to be the most requested idea and that also is one of my favorites. Um, Yes, I would love to somehow I don't know, maybe bring them more to life, create, use them as access tokens to some sort of ghost world where they can all hang out. Um, You could be the ghost or you could visit your ghost. Uh, I don't know. There's so many ideas. And yeah, they're all very cool to think about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, well, you know, I think that People are really curious about the Goddard server that's on Heaven Computer. Is that kind of like a hint to your next project? It's a hint to the next project. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be really exciting. And um, yeah. just before we kind of end it, do you have like your favorite artists? They can be non-technical. They can just be like, who are you really interested in, in terms of their art? Um. I don't know, like I'm, I've, because I've been looking into so many projects and I just really like the generative ones. I really like, I've been looking into also a lot of audio. I, they're probably not my favorite, but I, they're the ones I've been obsessing with at the moment because I've been looking into generative audio things. So I really like Elder Beats and um, Audio Glyphs. I've been looking into them. I think they're my favorite audio projects at the moment. Yeah. Um, I've also been looking a lot into pixel art stuff. Um, <laughs> I really like uh, this Animatas uh, NFT and Trevers. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to say what I've been looking into because that might hint what a, my next project is about. But I just, <laughs> there's so many cool things happening and so little time to learn and explore them all but yeah these are some of my favorite uh, collections at the moment that's amazing well godwin thank you so much for coming on profit podcast it was a pleasure having you okay thank you thank you so much